When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. All of television history is contained within the box of delights. It was happening in front of us. Incredible. In our living rooms. It was amazing. Guests pick their favourite television moment. And tell us why they love it. And is this the episode where Daisy's just been for the interview at the Woman's Magazine? Flaps. That's it, Flaps. Yeah. Named one of Radio Time's best podcasts of the year. I don't understand people who don't see the joy in drawing the curtains, mug of hot chocolate and something nice on TV. Like, what could be nicer than that? Than having a snuggle. Exactly. Nostalgia in bite-sized chunks. Box of delights from Great Big Owl. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, I'm John Holmes. It's the The One Show show, the podcast that climbs into bed with TV's The One Show and does a shit, just like, off the top of my head, an actress in a relationship with Johnny Depp. I am John Holmes and this is part two of this week's episode, so if you'd like to go back and listen to part one first so that any of the following makes any kind of sense, we'll wait for you to do that now. Welcome back. Here's part two. And joining me, Mark Haynes and Taylor Parks. Come well, look, if, we, if we're talking about the two Alexes and their, their great on-screen chemistry, there's the opening exchange is amazing. Because it's a 3,000 episode, Alex Jones feels she has to commemorate this in some way verbally. And she says, well, this show has changed so much over the years. Which is true. It's like, love me do a strawberry field in four and a half years. <laughs> Those, those faltering early episodes but it's just really it's just a setup for her opener which is it's, it's the first big gag basically to get everyone on side just warm up the audience a bit she says uh, there's one thing that's remained a constant this coffee table and this seems to take alex scott slightly by surprise i think it, you know how peter cook used to deliberately hold back some lines from Dudley Moore until they were in front of the cameras so that he'd get a pure response. It's a, I think she, Alex Jones might be doing something a bit like that. So it's, we, get to see, uh, we get to see Alex Scott's improv skills here. Quick as a flash, she says, What? And why? Um, and then she looks to camera and does a shrugging gesture and says, Okay. Like, well, yeah, please get a little bit crazier. Get a little bit out of hand, and it's time to reel it in a bit before it descends into total anarchy. And then they talk over each other for a second. You know what, Al? The show has changed so much over the years. You know, we've had different studios, different presenters, but the one thing that's remained a constant... What's that? This coffee table. What? And it's why? survived the whole thing. <laughs> OK, No plastic here. And I'm sat here watching this, thinking... Her cleaner's doing better than I am. This is an opportunity to watch and learn 
for up and coming media professionals. It like was the, us. the table, the, the constant table, because we talked about this before. They're very obsessed in the past with single use plastic. 96% of their films that they show are about single use plastic and people picking it up on beaches. But they're <laughs> the glaring evidence of their. Well, they can never throw it away. That's why it's a constant, because the moment that huge plastic coffee table goes in a bin, that the one show is a hypocrite. So yeah. they have to keep it there the yeah. whole time. And that's why the only reason it's a constant. And it You'll has see it next throughout. on the beach at Filey with a swan wrapped round it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did like the fact that because this was the 3000th episode, they decided that the best way to launch it would be with a fitting tribute, which was to not be able to even blow a party horn particularly well. Mine just didn't nearly work, but we got it there. Hello and welcome to the 3000 edition of The One Show with Alex Jones. And Alex Scott is a party for two, everybody. I thought it was a really limp start to what was, let's face it, a celebration in everything but execution. They said it was a party, After 30 seconds of that opening thing, it was never referenced again. It was a bit like if you'd sort of, if it's your mum's birthday, you'd say to her mum, happy birthday for your treat. We're going to act like this is just a normal day and we're not going to mention your birthday again. (laughs) When you have something like a 3000th episode and you spend your time saying we're 3000 episodes, the most obvious thing to do is you go and let's see some of the great highlights from over those 3,000 episodes. You can't just say this is a special episode and then make it an ordinary run-of-the-mill thing. You have to choose one or the other. You could have absolutely filled... It's not like anything else they held on the programme was desperately needed to be broadcast. You could have just done half an hour of highlight... Well, you might not have got half an hour out of it, but (laughs) 3,000 episodes you might have got four minutes of highlights i had a little look Uh, so we've never actually gone into looking at how the one show started at all i know we've we've talked about with some of the people i think you know jane garvey was talking about um, a little bit about the early days when she was uh, obviously you know involved and um i had a look it was commissioned for a four-week trial run in 2006 so it's been going for 14 years now the initial presenting team was adrian childs and nadia sawala and again both of them are around. Why don't you go 3,000 episodes? Let's welcome back the hosts from the first one. It's Adrian yeah. Charles and Nadia Swala. It's so easy let's, to do. Let's welcome back Hardeep Singh Kohli, one of yeah. the early roving reporters. Well, that, that's what uh, he was. Uh, so yeah. when, when they started the full series, it was Adrian Charles as the presenter. Hardeep Singh Kohli was the head roving reporter. Roving. And uh, <laughs> Nadia Sawala was ultimately replaced by Mylene Class. I have no recollection of the class years at all. Right. And then class went off to give birth to her first child and was replaced by Christine Bleakley. What they, they look back on now as the golden years, but the at the time, the didn't show. really seem like golden years. There was a great Alex Scott moment when she was introducing Simon Pegg, who was on this, which I thought they were going to just ignore, but they did have a callback of it when she said, and we've got Mission Impossible's Sean Pegg. On yeah. the uh, on the programme. Yeah, and we've got Mission Impossible, Sean Pegg and W1A's Jessica Hines, who, of course, created the classic comedy Space together. Wonderfully referenced later on by Simon Pegg calling her Alan. Good evening, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, Alan. It's so nice to be here. So, so they did keep it as a bit of a running a running joke. So that was I was you know, they got out of that all right. It, it is bad. I mean, I mean, presumably that was written on the teleprompter as well. That's on your auto cue. Because she isn't going to make that thing of thinking it's Shaun of the Dead 
by looking at a word. That's only if you look at his face. So yeah. that is some researcher who has written the word Sean in. And, and you know, yeah. I, I, I feel for him. She mentions as well, you know, I, I called him Sean. She goes, I've done it hundreds of times. Good, I've done it tens of times. I mean, the number of times I've called Ross Kemp Grant is just embarrassing. <laughs> just pull it back. Don't sort of go, I'm useless at this. It's really easy when you meet actors to remember their names because they're usually famous. They showed him in, in a clip from a film he was in where he plays a man who's been kept in a cellar for 30 years. They had a funny thing where they went, oh, doesn't it look a bit like Bob Geldof in lockdown, which referenced an old one show. And again, Alex Scott had a little bit of trouble. So she said, the, oh, his phone must be pinging off because I was thinking of Shaun of the Dead. And I went back and I listened to it again and again. <laughs> And I cannot work out what she was trying to get to there. I, it didn't work. It didn't make sense. But I can't see even the bit where it went wrong. And you go, oh, yeah, of course, she must have meant that. But, hey, look, I imagine you're going to hear it right now. We'll meet our first guest now, one of whom could definitely use a lockdown haircut if this photo is anything to go by. There's an air of Sir Bob Geldof in lockdown about him, isn't there? <laughs> well, look, you're saying Bob Geldof. His phone's most probably pinging off because I was thinking Sean and the Dead. And obviously, yep, that is Simon Pegg in the new film. Inheritance. See, it doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes no fucking sense. Because he so unprofessionally wouldn't switch his phone off while he was waiting to be called to go live on the one show. The best bit of that interview is they've got a topless photo showing uh, Sean Pegg's method acting for his film, where he plays a man who's been locked in a dungeon for 30 years. And there's him with his shirt off, looking like he's been dragged feet first out of a gulag. And they're both going, ooh, like, oh, how do you do that? What? Yeah, like, ooh, that's impressive. Like, you know, like, look at his great physique until he has to kind of slightly awkwardly explain that it's meant to make him look like a man who's been locked in a dungeon for 30 years. You kind of did a bit of method acting on this because you were supposed to be a man who'd been in captivity for 30 years. And gosh, yeah. you went for it. Um, we've got a picture of you just before you started on the role. <sighs> My goodness. Simon, wow. how did you manage that? I just had to do a lot of um, cardio every day. I ran 10K every day for three months, and um, I just put, put out a lot more than I put in, and, and, and that's eventually what happens. It's not sustainable. I don't, I don't advise it as a way of, um, you know, dropping weight. Um, I was supposed to look like I'd been held captive for 30 yeah, yeah. years. And I thought this is <laughs> something about modern manners, right? Like, you have to compliment everybody on their body unless they eat well and exercise regularly in which case you shouldn't say anything nice about them it might give someone a complex there's this guy who's been like you know like eating one gram of carbohydrates for the last six months you know on a treadmill for nine hours a day oh it looks really good you know that bit where like just under your rib where there's like a flap of skin that should be attached to something (laughs) they threw a little bit where I think Simon Pegg tried to, and, and this is because I don't know what this means, but Simon Pegg just went, it was 6% body fat, and everyone went, oh my, you know, geez. And I was thinking, is that low or high? I don't know. But I, I got down to about 6% body fat, and my wife cried. 6%? She, like, she likes me a little, a little bit of meat, you know? <laughs> but you, you must have put a bit of timber on now in lockdown. I mean, haven't we all? But it's just a world, of course, where you understand percentages of body fat. The yeah. thing is, before we stray too far from... Alex Jones and Alex Scott blowing party favours in ostentatiously opposite directions. Because uh, mm-hmm. they're social distancing. They don't want to exchange filthy, diseased air, you know, with their mm. puffing and panting. 
the, it was the first thing you saw, and it just underlined how weird the one show is existing. I mean, you're always aware of this meticulous artifice and the unreality of a program like this. But you know, when you have it at a time when humanity is quivering like a ladybird in the spreading shadow of a descending <laughs> training shoe, um, that that painted on weirdness looks weirder than ever all these unreal sofas and and uh, play acted small talk you know everything lit like an autopsy um <laughs> in full hd so if you're over 35 you have to wear four inches of makeup and even then your neck looks like a hamstring um it's it's hard to pretend at a time like this right so like for a start it's hard to pretend that you can make a tv show with everyone two metres apart and nobody touching anything that anybody else mm. has touched. No, it's not. There's somebody's taking chances somewhere, right? So stop pretending. It's like they're sat in the ruins of a bombed-out building drinking tea with their little fingers sticking out, you know what I mean? Like uh, With a tattered Union Jack. It's just... No, you... It, the, but because it means that everyone has to be interviewed over Zoom, I get a little bit of nice schadenfreude out of that. Right. I like the technical and social added awkwardness of it. Right. Let them taste that bitterness and experience that chill. Right. It makes the one show a purer experience, closer to its essence, and it drags TV down to the level of podcasting, where you get up, have some toast sit down at the computer and have to start performing like with the buttery plate still next to you <laughs> yeah. in a room that, in a room that you never leave you know it's like but the imaginary red light comes on and you're sat there staring across the room into your own unmade bed and it's time to work up some effortless comic chemistry with the disembodied voice of a total stranger. I'm, I'm fine with that. I like to. I like to see it. I like to see it. I only wish I could see. They should have to have the full experience. They should have to go out and meet their friends, and their friends say, "Oh, what have you been doing lately?" And instead of saying, "Oh, I'm hosting the BBC's flagship magazine program," they'll go, "I'm on a podcast," and their friends go, "Oh, really? So's my window cleaner." Does it pay well? And I, uh, and I go, it's not one of those sneery peanut gallery ones, is it? Uh, well, it, it, uh, we like to think it's a little bit different. Uh, uh, uh. Heavy pencil. An actor of my experience, you just get run dry. A podcast sitcom with Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. I played, I played Edmund Gelder and he played Fanny Snatch. The Observer called it a lovely thing. Wonderfully funny, pitched perfectly, produced with a light touch. I'm not having any more of this. I need you to pull me off immediately. Heavy pencil from Great Big Owl. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. 
As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I loved the little line in there as well, which is just, they they, they find it very difficult to compliment people because they I think a lot of the time when they they have comedians in especially, they haven't really followed their work. And... There was a little bit, I think, where Alex was talking about Spaced, and she said, it's a comedy. Now, it's a cult comedy. Well, for those few who haven't seen it, I mean, it's a comedy, and now a cult comedy. And I thought, that is not an upward move. That is very much a downward <laughs> slide. It's gone from being a comedy to a cult comedy. This is a disaster, because after cult comedy is failed comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There was a nice nod for the writer of Jessica Hines' new uh, sitcom. Is it a sitcom? Is it a drama? I wasn't quite sure. Comedy drama. Something Comedy drama, of course it is. Something with David Tennant and Jessica Hines, but uh, the writer, Sean Pye, who we know, I'm sure. Um, but he, Sean Pye was responsible for a joke that was... Really? Because there was no cl- evidence of this in the clip they showed <laughs> us from Jessica Hines' new sitcom. There was there certainly was not in the clip they showed. He was responsible for a joke in a writer's room that was obviously never going to make it to air, but it was one of those jokes that I have... It's rare you hear a writer's room do a sharp intake of breath. That's, that doesn't happen. And, and it was one of those occasions where it did, and everyone knew it wasn't good. This was on the 11 o'clock show, if you remember that, back in the late 90s. Yeah, the writer's cult rooms. comedy. Cult- <laughs> so wait a minute, failed. so wait a minute. So there's someone sitting in the writer's room for the 11 o'clock show. <laughs> That's thinking, right. I'm yeah. going to say something really mean-spirited <laughs> and offensive. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, and it, it was the, the one thing that didn't make it to air. But Sean Pye was responsible for that. So that's all I... My memory of Sean Pye is coming up with a joke, which I'm not even going to tell now. But if I ever meet, <laughs> if I ever see you in a pub, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, do ask me what Sean Pye's joke was, and I will happily tell you. What will you do if people ask you to tell the Dame Vera Lynn story? Uh, well, I'll tell them that in the pub as well, but okay. I, not, not on here, I won't. All right, listen, yeah. if, 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 if we can cut this bit out. Right, yeah. edit this bit out. Tell me the joke now, of course, and I'll, I'll of course. tell you my unusable joke that if I ever did a stand-up set I'd want to start with and empty the room <laughs> perfect alright so it was it was the day that um, well apologies but we're going to be cutting away from the the one show show right now but you can catch it over on BBC Two now here on BBC One highlights from day two of Wimbledon <laughs> Alex 
judges attempted to prank call. Oh, that's important. <laughs> I, I don't understand the element of prank. It, there was no element no. of prank there. There was also no element no. of surprise. It was. It was, it was a barely feature. a call. I mean, it was barely a call. It was absolutely perplexing as to what it is. Some of the decisions made on this show are so strange that I'm almost beginning to think there's nobody there. That it's just. It's just somehow. I don't know. Words are appearing on a on a page, and people are going, "Yeah, we'll do that," and nobody knows where they're coming from. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was about food banks, wasn't it? This. It was a. It was about the good that people had done during lockdown. <laughs> another another food bank lockdown film. We've had yep. plenty of them. This in uh, the middle uh, of the three thousandth episode party spectacular. Of course. Big earnest bit about fucking food banks. <laughs> and and Alex phoned a woman. I, I, I still don't really know what happened. She said, I'm going to phone a, a woman who's been very good with helping people out with a food bank. Mm. Um, and I'm going to phone her off air just under the pretext of getting research information for the interview to tell her that she's going to be on the show tonight. I'm about to give Liz a call and pretend, you know, that I'd like to know more about her project before she appears on the show tonight, potentially. But what she doesn't know is, I already know everything about it. And we've got a bit of a surprise for her. So she said to her, so she's obviously sitting in, a, in the green room. And, you know, it's, it's Alex from The One Show. Um, could you tell me a little bit about what you've achieved? And the woman started saying, well, yeah, what I've done is I, I've achieved, I've, I've helped people. And Alex went, I know all this. I know all this already. <laughs> I know it all. I know you don't have to tell us. So we didn't really find out. No, 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 that was the worst part of it, wasn't it? That they were so keen to do their practical joke that they basically said to the woman, shut up, shut up, we're doing a, we're doing a fucking bit, we're doing a bit now. Oh, hiya Liz, hiya, Popper Pantry, can you tell me a bit about it? We go out into the local community, different venues, and we hand out bags of food. But you know what, Liz? I already know all about your service. Yeah, oh, it was really strange. It was really strange. So all we, all then, we got to see of this, all, all we got to see of this woman was at the beginning uh, her her Tinder picture, which is like a glam <laughs> black and white shot of her about eight years ago. It didn't look anything like her. Yes. And then what was set up as a celebration of good eggs running food banks, carefully phrased to disguise the glaring honking incongruity of the existence of food banks in the 21st yeah state propaganda um which we got this sort of sub surprise surprise thing where the i think the idea was she would have been in the studio and they'd have said and here's so and so who you gave food to and here's and they all come in and the presence of all these people right there going oh thank you liz thank you liz um would have reduced it to tears and we could have zoomed in on that it doesn't really work as a, a Zoom montage, does it? It's like, you remember <laughs> no. this the person? Look at this picture of this person. You remember them? Yes. What about this one? <laughs> yeah. Well, they say, th- yeah, they already said thank you when I gave them a <laughs> box of cornflakes and two tins of sweet corn. Oh, right. You've helped so many people in Tamworth. Thank you so much. You're a wonderful friend. We've followed your journey right from the start. You're a credit to the community of Tamworth. The thing this reminded me of is last week they showed a clip of the That's Life segment they did with Nicholas Winton, the guy who had saved a lot of children during the Holocaust, where Esther Ranson basically said, if there's anyone in this audience who owes their life to Sir Nicholas Winton, will they please stand up? And the entire five rows behind Nicholas Winton stand up. And you could see them going, that was good, wasn't it? Why don't we do it with the food bank woman? Why don't we Sir Nicholas Winton, the food bank woman? But of course, over Zoom, 
it's just you know you're watching them and uh, but I think that was their attempt to do a big heart heartbreaking moment where she, you're absolutely right she broke down in tears and then the the greatest twist of all what happens when the prankster becomes the pranked so they do the exact same thing yeah. to Alex and they say yeah. Alex yeah. you'll never guess who we've got here you haven't seen your mum for two weeks and even though Alex knows about all the social distancing stuff she genuinely thought her mum was going to be in the studio because that would make it work as a prank wrong it's just a zoom call like she probably does every <laughs> night and you could see her yeah. go from being emotionally moved to just going all right yeah great great absolutely absolutely yeah. absolute my, my mum on a screen i've seen my mum on a screen really regularly during this why are you showing my mum on a screen on the television what's the point of that yeah and as well as food banks we do love it when you guys at home get in touch and because travel restrictions have been lifted in wales very soon yeah. and we've had a message coming right now a message from Mary, who's from somewhere near Swansea, who says she can't wait to see her daughter, who she hasn't seen in 16 weeks. In fact, she can't wait any longer. And here she is, actually. No! Oh, my! <laughs> it is, oh. Alex. It is your mum who you haven't seen. Hiya, mum! Yeah. Yeah. And also, Alex is about to have two weeks off, as she is now, to go and see her mum, because she can. So she's with her anyway. So it's absolutely pointless. Oh, it's yeah. only going to be... It's only... How many days now? Five? It's been four very long months. It's hard. Yeah. Oh gosh. She also mentioned, "Oh, my mum's my mum's not very emotional. She always holds it together." Well, even if this had gone ahead, it doesn't sound like it would have been very tear jerky. Oh, you've got to get no, me going. And this is always got together. What a what a waste of everyone's time! But at least it got us out of the food bank bit. There was a bit of a downer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you compare that food bank bit to the, the Nicholas Winton thing you're talking about. It's it's like comparing a frozen pea to Halley's comet. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's somebody really did. That's exactly what came to my mind as well. There was a funny bit of Alex Scott talking to Alex Jones and just doing, again, one of those emotional sort of farewells. You're going off for two weeks. And she said, during lockdown, you have worked hard to keep smiles on everyone's faces. And again, the, yeah. the one show is sort of like frontline entertaining the troops and everything. Nobody is watching this fucking thing. No one. <laughs> and we do have to let everyone know that obviously, Al, you've been keeping us all entertained during the whole of lockdown, working so hard to keep smiles on everyone's faces. Oh. And you are going away for two weeks. I am. Fully deserved. It's been, you know what, it's been a real privilege to come to work um, every day with all of you lot. And, and also thanks for being the reason, as well as my family, for getting me through this really weird time. Honestly, it's been a real honour to be here doing this job. I, it's only two weeks. I'll see you on the 20th anyway. And thank you to you, Al, as thank always. You it's you, really Al. lovely to see you. See you soon, Al. See you soon, Mama. <laughs> Let's end, as we should, uh, Taylor, with, with the, the birthday bit that wasn't in the episode that was about the birthday but a different episode entirely <laughs> some people who'd reached 100 and their and their cakes that they forced breathless old people during covid with lung problems who can't who aren't supposed to be breathing hard forced them outside into the street to blow their own 100 candles out on cakes they'd given them but it's time now to meet some members of a very very special club this is the 100 club and they're sharing their highs lows and secrets to a long and happy life. I mean, I wish I could find it heartwarming. I really do. <laughs> when they dissolve from a, a shot of a mocked-up photo album featuring a, a handsome young buck in army fatigues, uh, it's standing there in sepia in front of the Sphinx. From that to... Uh, 
a hundred-year-old man reminiscing about his dead wife. Um, I know. I know. <laughs> it's the one. It's the one thing television loves to do. Is it loves to say congratulations on getting to a hundred? Will you yeah. tell us about how you met your wife, who's been dead for forty years? And will you please start crying? That's yeah, all we yeah, want yeah. from the hundred-year-old yeah. people. And when I thought Marjorie first dancing, I thought she's a nice little mover. We had a good marriage, 71 happy years. Yeah, and that poor Don't sap who's got all his medals on and his old mm. army beret crying into his long white nasal hair about the, the sheer horror of the years he spent in the army. <laughs> <laughs> but the worst time of my life, I think, was the five years I spent in the army. And you can almost was, hear the sound... follow-up questions that could have been asked. <laughs> yes! You can hear the sound of a production assistant going, please don't cry on the cake, it took us ages to light those candles. <laughs> I, I, I was tr- trying to be calmed and soothed by the sad piano music that they <laughs> yes. layered over it, but it didn't work. I do love the fact that whenever you're 100, they always have that thing of going, we're celebrating them, but the music will always say, it is an un believable tragedy to live to 100 years old <laughs> really is because whenever they, they they say you know what's the secret that's the other question isn't it not not you know how did you meet your wife and what is the secret to being 100 whenever they answer i write it down and i think whatever it is i must not do it because the idea of being 100 and the last people you've seen in the last three months have been the one show making you upset it's it's a fate worse than death. <laughs> they they said that two thousand three hundred people had turned a hundred during lockdown. One bright spot of the last few months was the fundraising by Colonel Tom as he approached his one hundredth birthday. It's a milestone many others have reached over the same period, with more than two thousand three hundred people in the UK celebrating their centenary during lockdown. Two thousand three hundred people in lockdown. There, there are too many old people. They're just too old. That can't be right. You know, there, there, and thus there's a silver lining to COVID all along. I've had a very happy, good, hard life. I'm going to mention as well that Betty, who was there, claimed to be 100. There was no way she was 100. She was, no, no. At, no. The, at oldest, she was like 82. There is absolutely yeah. no way I buy she was 100. None at all. No, I know what you mean. Although they did show a picture of her when she was young, where she did look 100. <laughs> so <laughs> time has at least been kind to her. But uh, you're right, when they always say to people of that age, what is the secret of a long... As if they're going to slip you a cheat code or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so it's dumb luck. It's, obviously, the answer is dumb luck. These people spent their whole lives on lard, HP sauce, <laughs> uh, filterless fags, and, and foaming tankards of leaded petrol and yet (laughs) here they are right basically yeah nobody has anything to ask these people with their long lot their full century of life experience except how can i not die too and the other one is what do you regret they always say what do you what are your biggest regrets of your long miserable life and the one old fella says well i've done pretty much all i ever wanted to there's only one thing i regret and that's not running a marathon. I've done pretty well all I wanted to do. There's only one thing I regret, and that's not running a marathon. Really? 
really it would have been a lot more satisfying if he'd said well there's only one thing i regret i I never got to shit in the open mouth of a lady dressed as my father the the hunger never fades never dies Uh, born too soon mate and then the one show should have turned around and gone well surprise for your hundredth we have arrived (laughs) due to social distancing you're going to have to do it in this bucket and we're just going to fling it (laughs) I I did actually like there was one thing in there which I thought again it was just Jack his name was Uh, he just said at one point well, I couldn't see any reason why I shouldn't reach a hundred. So I couldn't see any reason why I shouldn't reach a hundred. That's the best argument. It really is. He, he looked sort of slightly angered with time. The idea that time would take him <laughs> before he was a hundred. Betty, what's your regrets? Well, an orgasm would have been nice, but <laughs> hashtag can't complain. <laughs> uh, I just, but like. And I, but it, this is not what I needed to see, right? After two episodes of the one show, where basically the 1990 World Cup, people off spaced, Jarvis Cocker, <laughs> Sally Phillips, and someone out of hearsay were used as warmer packs for a piece about being 100 years old. Right? And I'm sat here greying. Go, like, I haven't even got started yet. What the fuck? It's like, you can't... This isn't right. It's like, I'm going to... Tomorrow I'm going to switch on my Facebook feed and there's going to be an advert like, you know, born between 1970 and 1985, worried you can't pay for your own funeral. And a little picture of uh, Spuggy from Biker Grove looking concerned. You know what I mean? Like Sophie Ellis Bexter modelling nappies or something. It's like... it's. This is my youth. It's a fucking hell. What I learned from this is there's a reason why the one show's audience is mostly old people. And it's not because the content is particularly relatable for them. It's because watching the one show makes time feel like it's passing much more slowly. (laughs) And I think if I get to that age, I'm just going to have it on a loop in the corner of the room and I'm going to feel like I'm 100. The one thing I learnt from this is that bees, this is in the Chris Packham film, bees can see purple stronger than any other colour. And fragrant lavender soaks up the sun's rays, filling the air with the scent of summer. It's one of my favourites, and it's also great for pollinators, as bees can see the colour purple more clearly than any other colour. So I've got some purple paint, and I've gone up to my roof, and I've written the phrase, fuck off bees. That should really, (laughs) really, that should work. Thanks, guys, appreciate it. And right there, we will bring part two, and indeed this current series of The The One Show Show, to a halt. We will be back after a short summer break, just in time to catch that inevitable second wave of coronavirus. And what's more, there might be exclusive extra bonuses on the way for you, the loyal listener and fellow defowler of The One Show Bed. More of that anon. But while we're off, if you haven't already, why not go back and work your way through the back catalogue of the The One Show Show podcast and please do remember to rate and review and tell your friends on social media and so forth. But while you're remembering both of those things, do also remember this and remember it well. When you look at the television to look at The One Show, The One Show also looks back into you. Goodbye.
my name is Pete Ellison. This is Dave Cribb. Hello, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends, as you might have guessed from the music that's playing underneath, uh, which is a sort of lo-fi rendition of the Friends theme tune for rights reasons. We get a different guest on every week on our podcast to talk about their favourite episode of Friends. And we look through it in excruciating detail. We pick through levels of plots like no one has ever done before. So if you like Friends or just listening to people talking, which are both valid activities, do look us up on the old podcast app and that friends with friends and we're on twitter at friends wf the biggest names in tennis are coming to paris for the most anticipated roland garros in years tennis channel plus is your place to watch stream every court from your phone or smart tv live in hd Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.